0: we want to glorify him we just want to look to him because regardless of what we see we still give him glory because God is still God amen come on let's just thank him for his goodness his mercy his loving kindness for God is so so good hallelujah father we honor you this morning for your goodness we honor you for your tender mercy. God, we honor you, God, for your grace that you have given unto us, God, even when we didn't deserve it. And we just thank you and we just praise you on this morning for, God, what you're doing, for what you have already done. We thank you, God, for being the one and true living God, because there is no other God like you, God. So, God, we just say thank you, God. We just honor you, God. We thank you that your grace is sufficient for us, God. Even in the midst of our weakness, God, your script, God, is made strong for us, God, on today in Jesus' name. God, you said not by might nor by power, but by your spirit, God. So we thank you for a move of your spirit, God. In this room, God, and even outside of this room, God, we thank you for a move of your spirit. We thank you for being a miracle-working God. We thank you for being a God who sees, a God who knows, a God who's all-powerful. And God, you are a God that will not fail. So, God, we thank you, God, that even in our failures, God, you don't fail. So we thank you and we praise you, God. Now, God, I thank you for the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here today. Be our teacher, be our helper, lead us, guide us into all truth on today. Bring the word back to my remembrance, Father God, that you have spoken unto me. And I thank you, Father, that I have been crucified with Christ. And it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives on the inside of me. And I give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise on today in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, Neighbor, God is still good. Say, God is still good. Say, outside of our circumstances, God is still good. Come on, if you know him to be good, give him some glory. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Thank you, God, for your goodness. I want to tell you just how God, good God is. God knows what we need, and we've been teaching on spiritual warfare for a good little minute. I don't know about you, even with teaching on it, we go through some things, but we're learning how to stand with what God has given us. Because he let us know that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. But they're mighty through God for the pulling down of strongholds. So if God has given us these weapons, y'all, we have to use them. You cannot go into battle unless you're armed and dangerous. And God has given us some armor. And I don't know about you, but it's time to take up that armor. It's time to put on the whole armor of God. It's time to quit fighting against one another because this fight is not against flesh and blood. It is against principalities. It's against, you know, powers and spirits of wickedness and high places and spirits of darkness. So we have to focus on where this battle is. And this battle is a spiritual battle. So I pray that through this series that you did not take it lightly because every day there's a battle going on. And if you're walking in the spirit, you're going to be aware of what's going on around you before the enemy even attack. You're ready because you have your armor on. And some of us that are saved, that are Christians, we don't think about no armor. We just say, I'm missing hell. It's more than just missing hell. In order to live here on this earth, I'm going to let you know, you're going to go through some things. Things are going to come hit you. When you think you get over one thing, here go another that gets ready to hit you because the enemy have his backup. He have his sneak attacks. He is sneaky. He's a trickster. He's a deceiver. So we got to be ready at all times. Amen. So open your Bibles to Philippians chapter 2 verse 16. And let's hear what God has to say unto us. And I'm going to read the expanded Bible. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 16. We thank God for the reading of his word. Amen. And we honor God because we honor his word. Philippians 2, chapter 16. Amen? Amen. Philippians 2, chapter 16. Oh, sorry. Y'all know what I mean. Verse 16. It ain't no 16 chapters in no Philippians. See, y'all paying attention. Said it again, and then I hear Aunt Shirley over there saying, verse chapter 16. (laughs) She's making sure now I know, (laughs) you know, chapter, but I'll find it. (laughs) Okay, the word of God read you offer a whole firmly fast to the teaching that gives life, the message, the word of life. So when Christ comes again on the day of Christ's judgment day, I can be happy, be proud, boast. Because I ran the race and won, did not run for nothing in vain. My work was not wasted, nor did I labor for nothing in vain. And this is what God is saying to the body of Christ today. He's saying, get a grip. You may be seated. This is what God is saying. And as I was walking through my house one day, I heard the spirit of the Lord say, get a grip. Get a grip, because I always ask the Lord, what do you want me to bring your people I always want to stay focused on what he wants, not what I think I should do. And he said, get a grip. I said, God, what are you talking about? And God began to take me into the word of God. He took me into the book of Philippians. And this is Paul talking to the Philippians. And these Philippians were the ones that were given unto the ones that were in need. And they were faithful to the call. And Paul was encouraging them in these, in this book and giving them encouragement and telling them how to love one another and telling them how you suffer for Christ. But then Paul began to tell them, he said, I want you to hold firm. He said, I want you to hold firm to the message, to the word that you have received from me. And Paul said, by you holding firm, he said, I will know that I have done. I can boast on what I have given you. Miracle Temple, I want to boast. On what I've been giving you. Because I know those that are holding firm. That are holding tight. To the word that they are receiving from God. From me. And this is what Paul is saying to the Philippians. He said I want you to hold firm. Miracle Temple God is saying get a grip to the word. Get a grip. Hold on to the word. Grasp the word. You got to hold this word so tight. That no one. No circumstance will be able to take from you. What you know that you have a grip on. And that's what God is saying to the body of Christ. He said, you got to hold on to this word like you have never, ever held on to this word before. Because in situations, you know how tight your grip is. And I want you to understand where God is coming from. And I'm going to go over how you can get a grip. How you can hold on to the word, how you can grasp the word, that you can hold on to it so tight that it don't matter what people perceive of you, how people talk about you, how people lie on you. You know, you got a grip on something like the word that gives life, that give you the power, that give you the understanding, that give you what you need, no matter what it looked like, your grip is strong. You can hold on to it. The Bible says that heaven and earth shall pass away. But he said, my word shall not pass. He said, my word is going to stand. Can you imagine everything else goes? But God said, my word is still here. God's word is an everlasting word. God's word is forever settled in heaven. God's word is not going to come back to him void. Because whatever God has spoken, even out of our mouths, God said, I'm not going to receive it back uh, unto me until it goes out and accomplish that which I please. This is why we have to hold on to it so tight that we're saying, God, though my situation in the natural look like this, you said your word won't change. You said your word won't fail me. God, though I'm going through, God, your word is going to stand even in the midst of my trouble. Because the Bible said he is a present help in our trouble. So we have to hold on. We have to get a grip. And God was reminding me again. And He God to put it all together. He said, you remember the belt of truth that you have to put on on a daily basis? Y'all, you have to dress yourself with what God has given you. God has given you the armor to dress yourself. So you got to get up and you got to do it. You got to put on your clothes yourself. So he said, put on this belt of truth. This belt of truth, y'all know, is the word of God. And when you know the truth, knowing the truth is what makes you free. But the Bible say you have to continue. You have to live in the truth. You have to abide in the truth. That way you can keep your pants up. Because when you get out of the word of God, your pants begin to drop. Things in your life begin to get out of order. But if you keep that belt secure, if you keep that belt all the way around you, wrapped tightly around you, guess what? You got a grip. See, those soldiers had to have that belt, that girdle of truth around them to keep up the rest of the armor. If they didn't have on the first piece, they couldn't keep up the rest. The problem with the church is you want to tell people that you know him, but when situations come, you fall away from him. When you know him, regardless of the situation, you're going to stand still, Jennifer, and you're going to see the salvation of the Lord. Regardless of how you feel, you're going to stand still and you're going to see the salvation of the Lord. God said it's time for us, Miracle Temple, to stand Like you have never stood before. Because we are living in perilous times. We are in the midst of evil. If you don't recognize this, it's because you're joining in with evil. You are blinded to the world's way of doing things. Everything that look good, that smell good, ain't God. God is a good God and God is not about evil. God is about love. God is about purity. God is so, so good, y'all, to us that we should want to get into this word so much on a daily basis that we know when we're not in it, we're missing something. So this is why God was telling me, he said, get a grip. Get a grip. Sometimes you think you have a grip on the word of God, but when things come in your life and your mind start playing tricks on you, God said, get a grip say, you got to get a grip. You got to hold tight to my word. You can't allow something to come in and snatch the word. So when he was telling me to get a grip and he took me to Paul, he said, I'm going to tell you how to hold on to the word. I'm going to tell you how to get a grip when it comes to the word. And some people don't even recognize what they have to do. You have to do something. See, we're begging God to do what he's already done. God said, I done done my part. Now it's time for you to do yours. We're working together in this. That's why the Holy Spirit is called your helper. He don't do it all for you. He helps you to do what God has called you to do. He is your helper. So the Lord say, in order to get a grip, I know y'all know some of these things, but I'm going to bring it back to your remembrance to see how tightly you're holding on to the word. You see your five fingers, right? When he say get a grip, that finger right there, That's a finger that you got to hear with. This finger right here is a finger that you got to read the word with. This finger right here, excuse that one, but that finger right there is is a finger that you got to study with. Then this finger right here is one you memorize and the thumb is the meditation finger. When I hold my Bible, all my fingers are gripping it. It takes everything that I'm telling you to hold on to this word. See that firm grip that I got? If I release that thumb, that Bible's going to fall. So that thumb is really holding up everything else. Y'all better hear what I'm saying. And I'm going to go somewhere with that. This hand also represents the fivefold. You have in the fivefold, you have what? You have that thumb, which is the apostle. You have the next finger, which is what? The prophet. Then you have the next finger, which is the evangelist. You have the pastor. You have the teacher. Those five fingers have to help you to get a grip. And people don't even want to recognize the fivefold in the body of Christ. Because some of you think you still know and yet know nothing. That's why you don't have a grip on the word of God. You have to have a grip. You have to have a tight hold. It ain't just... Saying, I memorize it. Memorizing ain't gonna help you. It takes everything that I'm saying today to help you get a grip. So let's talk about the first one: is hearing. The Bible says, in Romans ten seventeen, faith comes by hearing, and hearing comes by the word of God. The way you come to believe is through hearing first. This is why the Bible says we always read Romans 10, 9, don't we? But we're leaving out some stuff. We always tell people what they got to do to be saved. But the Bible also tells us, and I'm going to read this. We know about 9, about confessing with the mouth, the Lord Jesus, believing in the heart, that God is raising from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Ain't that what we tell people? But the problem is, let's skip down to 14. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. Let's catch it how can you believe something you haven't heard how can you hear unless somebody is sent to proclaim it unto you so you cannot believe something you haven't heard we got too many people telling people to confess something that they don't believe because you ain't giving them the gospel peace you asking them are you saved?" just confess with your mouth the lord jesus believe in your heart and hey They making a confession, but they don't know why you got to bring the gospel so it can be heard. Faith come by hearing, hearing come by the word of God. When you look at and how can they believe if they don't hear, how can they hear without somebody being sent to preach to them? That preacher is one that proclaims that is not one with the license. Everybody in this room that's born again is being sent. The reason why you being sent because you got to be taught on how to disciple. And when you taught on how to disciple, then you can be sent. Look up and see what the word of God is saying. To preach means to proclaim. A young child that knows what the word of God is saying can go out and proclaim this good news. Cause if they're paying attention to it, they can be sent to preach. They can be sent to proclaim. So we have to hear this word before you can believe it. You can't just go in and tell somebody, are you saved? Or go to ride to McDonald's. Do you know Jesus? Come on, if if you got enough time to hold up the line and preach and proclaim the gospel, then that's what you do. But if you don't, don't just leave them with the first part and make them think they okay and they're not. So you got to be able to hear this word. You got to be able to hear what the word of God is saying. And that's where your faith come from. Your faith come from hearing. And if you don't hear this word, you're not going to be able to believe it. Your faith is not going to rise up. So this is why the word need to be heard. It reminds me of the book of Nehemiah, the eighth chapter. The Bible said they brought Ezra in. And when they brought Ezra in, he was a scribe. But Ezra, what he had to do before he could even teach the people, he had to prepare his heart. He had to make his heart ready before he could go in and teach anybody. See, our problem is we don't have a grip of this word, but we always ready to tell somebody something. It's just like a little bit of gossip that floats around. We don't know the conclusion of the matter, but the little bit of the lie that we heard, we're trying to go tell it to somebody. And before you... uh finished telling everything, it's done misconstrued, it's done gone everywhere, and it ain't the truth. Why? Because we take what we hear, regardless if it's a lie, and we believe it, but then we add our little top, we add our little flair on it and say, well, I'm going to tell you this. Now, this ain't coming from me. That's a lie right there. Who's telling it? This ain't coming from me now. I'm just telling you what I heard. So evidently, you believe in what you heard. To say it. Come on, all of us guilty. Even the pulpit. Come on, somebody. You got to believe what you hear to go tell it. And then you try to make it look like you ain't had nothing to do with it. Yes, you did. Because you told it. And this is what I do or try to do. When people tell me something, I say, wait a minute, where you get that from? Is that truth that you're talking about? Is that truth? Do you know that to be true? Well I say I got to keep my mouth shut on that. One. Because I can't go out on what you're saying. I have to find out for myself. Somebody had called me and they said, I just want to share something with you. If you go to Walmart and turn in some car seats, they'll give you a gift card. I said, where you get that from? I said, where you get that from? Well, I'm just telling you what I heard. I said, well, I ain't saying nothing until I find out for myself. And I found out for myself and I spread it, that truth as far as I could spread it. <laughs> to help everybody. <laughs> See, that's what we do. So you got to hear y'all. You got to be able to hear this good news in order to spread it. But you hearing it, but you got to believe it. And then you're sent. You cannot be sent somewhere not believing what you heard because it don't become effectual. This is why when Paul went in the book of Thessalonians, they said, Paul said that he give thanks unto God because they took the word of God not as man's word. But they took it as God's word and it said it effectually worked in those that believed. And this is how it's supposed to be for us. The word is going to work effectually in you when you believe the word. But you can't believe the word unless you hear the word. So Nehemiah, he brought in Ezra and Nehemiah 8. And the Bible said that they wanted Ezra to bring out the book of law. Have y'all ever seen a church so anxious to say, bring it on? I need the word. Come on, that's a joyous church, isn't it? That's a church that, no, I need the word. I remember when I first started um, and I got saved and I was telling this lady, I said, I'm, I'm feeling something in my spirit. I said, don't get me wrong. I was going to this church and, you know, everybody church ain't the same, but I had to go into the church and When I went into the church, I made a promise to the Lord. I said, I'm going to go to church. I'm going to do this. Y'all know how we make our confessions. So I made my confession and I sat there, but I was so anxious for the word. I said, I just got to hear the word. I got to hear the word. I was just waiting for the word. I couldn't wait that they quit singing to get the word. And I'm going to tell you why. Because everything we're supposed to do is supposed to have the word in it. From the the front to everything supposed to. To be orchestrated by the word. But I didn't hear the word in that. So I couldn't wait to get the word of God. So I was asking this lady about it. I said I I got to have the word. I said I understand the singing. But I need the word right now. To me the word is important to me. And she said no. I said yes it is. I want to go in a church where I'm ready for the word. I'm like, come on with it. Come on with it. Because I know that that word is going to bring me life, y'all. I know that that word is going to heal where I'm hurting. And it's going to get deep down within. That nobody can touch me but God, Jennifer. Nobody can touch you but God. When you get into the word of God and the word of life, your husband can't even give you the feeling that you need with all the I love you. But when you go into the word and that word sink real deep. You know that you have some joy. You know that you have some peace. You have everything you need in the midst of the storm. So you need to hear this word. Some people prefer to go to other things except to come into the house of the Lord and hear truth. We put everything else before truth. We Some people pull people out of truth to do what they want to do. The truth is the only thing that's going to keep you. Knowing the truth is going to keep you above everything else. The word is your keeper. So we must hear the word. So they came in to hear the word. They said, pull out the word. Pull out the book of law. We need to hear the word. Look at your neighbor and say, I need to hear the word. word. Say, I need to hear truth. truth. How many know that when people hear truth and, and they know it's true and you know it's true, some of them turn away from it. Because they ain't ready to settle for truth. I'm going to tell you something. When you truly hear truth, that comes from confessing with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believing on him in your heart. And then that's because you heard truth. See, some people take the cart before the horse. They confess him, but really ain't heard no truth. And that's why some people don't last. When you truly hear truth and you truly hear what Jesus done for you and you open up your heart, your whole heart to him, you're going to quit doing what you're doing. You're going to quit acting like you acting. Your flesh maybe want to compel you or maybe want to draw you into a scene. But guess what? Because of that heart that you have in there for God, you know that God hates sin and you know that ain't me no more, man. They ain't me no more, girlfriend. I don't go out like that no more. Now, if you choose to do it that way, that's you. But as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. That's what we're going to be doing in my house. Everything that I used to do in my house ain't going to be done in my house no more. Now, some people look at you like, oh, you stuck up. You think you better than anybody else. No, 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 no. I grabbed hold to a savior. I got grab hold to a man that loved me outside of me. I grab hold to somebody who accepted me when I wasn't acceptable. I grab hold to somebody who set me apart even when I didn't feel like I was set apart. I grab hold to somebody who justified me and I wasn't worth being justified cuz I know what I done but God excused everything that I done because of his blood. Because of what he done for me. He laid it down for me. And that's why I'm laying it down. Y'all got to understand. We need to quit playing. We need to quit trying to please man. And we need to be trying to say, God, I want to please you. And if I please you, you'll make my very enemy my footstool. God, you give me peace with all men, even my worst enemy, because, God, I'm putting you first and foremost outside of how I feel. You know why, y'all? Because I heard some good news. I heard that new good news. So guess what? I got a finger on it because I heard it. Now that I heard it, guess what I want to do for myself? I want to read it. I heard it, Brother Willie, so I want to read it now. I know what I heard, but I got to read it for myself. The Bible said that the Bereans, they searched them scriptures, apostle, for themselves in Acts 17. They heard what they were saying, but they said, I got to search it. I got to read it for myself. So we got to go in and we got to read the word of God for ourselves. And when I read the word of God for myself, guess what? I'm getting some knowledge from that word. I'm knowing how to go into the Bible and I'm knowing what God is saying unto me because I'm reading it for myself. And the next thing in Nehemiah 8, after they was ready to hear, then he began to read. See, when we read the word of God, when you go in and you start reading the word of God, it's because you take an interest in who you are now. Because see, this mirror is the real you. The Bible is your mirror. This is your spiritual mirror, and you have to go in your spiritual mirror, and you have to read. Every day, on a daily basis now, you just can't go in there and read it when you're going through. Because I have learned, if I read it every day, that when I go through, it's going to pop back up. But you got to open up. What's the point of having this good book that's so full of life, that's so full of knowledge, and we won't open it up? We won't take the time to read it. And I was reminded in the book of Esther, when Esther, you know, she was queen. And Mordecai, he had saved the king. And it was in the book of Chronicles. And one night, the king couldn't sleep. So the king began to have somebody read Chronicles. And he saw in there how Mordecai saved his life. And see, God always, y'all, he's going to always take somebody back to the word. Because that's who he is. He is the word. And God's word is so full of truth, y'all. This is your road map. That's why the Bible says that the word is a lamp unto my feet. And it's a light unto my path. See, that word gives me my direction, y'all. If I don't go in there and read the word, I'm not going to have clear direction for my life. I'm going to go do it the way I want to do it. And the way I think it want to be done. The way of a man seems right unto him, but the way of a man leads to death. This is why when we go into the book of life and we read it on a daily basis, guess what? It's going to allow us to see who we really are in him. And it's going to allow us to humble ourselves and say, it's not about me. It's about what God want to do in me and through me. So you need to read the word. We have gotten so slack church. With reading this word, we take anything anybody say just because they got a title as truth. You cannot even discern what spirit that is of because you don't read this word long enough to know that's a lying demon. So if you're not in here reading this word, you're going to take anything because it sounds like truth. And it ain't truth. Remember the enemy when he came at Jesus. Jesus said, man don't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out the mouth of God. Why would Jesus say that? Because Satan was tempting him. He was testing him. He said, if you be the son of God, he said, you turn these stones into bread. Jesus already knew who he was. He said, but let me tell you what's written, Satan. Let me tell you what the word says. He had to know what the word was saying in order to proclaim it. That's why we have to know what's written in this word. So we hear it, we read it, and when we read it, guess what, we grab and hold to what belongs to us. Because that word is getting ready to enter. It says the entrance of the word gives us light. It gives us illumination. That entrance is just like a door that you're getting ready to go into and you're gonna get a bunch of goodies when you go through that door. But you got to have some illumination from that word. Some people can quote the word, but that don't mean that you know the word and experience the word and been with the word. Some people can quote it verbatim and that's good. But if you don't have a grip on it, that ain't doing you no good. Whatever you have a grip on, you want to hold on to it. So then we hear it, we read it. Now it's time to study that word. How do I come up on studying the word of God? Because when I'm reading it and a passage of scripture stand out to me, And I'm seeing that word in that passage over and over again. But if I don't look up that word in the Greek, if I'm in the new or in the um, Hebrew, in the old, I would take that word to mean the same thing. And that's what the enemy want. He want the words of life taken to mean something that it don't mean. You can't use an ordinary dictionary and look up God's truth. You got to know what God's truth is saying out of Greek and Hebrew. This is why so many people are confused when it comes to the word of God, because what they're doing, they're taking these words and thinking they mean the same thing. That's why you got to study. You got to study. You got to get into it for yourself. When you studying it, you doing research on that thing. You saying, God, what are you saying to me? Why are you saying this to me? You may do a word study on healing and go through the whole Bible dealing with healing, but you're digging up some things concerning healing. You may do a topical study. However, which way you want to study it, you studying it out to know what God is saying so you can get some light on that verse. See, people are not taking the time with the word. They're just taking a verse and they're running with it and saying, this is what God told me and it ain't in alignment with the words that's in that verse. But people that study the scriptures, they're going to say, that's not what that means. That's not what the word of God is saying. I don't, I don't receive that. But a person that think they know, know it, they're all out of alignment because they haven't taken the time to open it up. A good teacher, a good teacher is going to root up that stuff. A good teacher is not going to move off of it because they saying, wait a minute, I'm getting some light on this. God, what are you saying to me? What are you saying about this verse? And when God, um, when you dig into it, that's really studying. That's really taking things the way God want them to be, not the way man want them to be. Just like I was telling y'all in the Bible, people use bishop as the highest person. Bishop. That word bishop come from pastor. So when a person have bishop in front of their name, it's just pastor. But they put bishop there to say, this is the high bishop or archbishop or whatever you want to call the bishop to make that person look higher than anybody else. But when you go into the word of God, you break it down in Greek is pastor. So see, if you don't know these things, you will think, okay, come on, archbishop is coming in the house. Just like the Pope. Some things that the Pope do is out of alignment. But people look up to the Pope like he's above God because he Pope. But when you know what the Word of God says, you want to act accordingly to the Word of God. You want to study the Word. You want to make sure that while you're in the Word of God, that you're ready to bring forth what God is saying and not what you think. So don't take a verse of Scripture because it has the same word. It don't have the same meaning. That's how you're getting a grip onto the Word. That's how you hold it on to the Word, where you won't let the Word of God go. So God wants us. He said, I want my people to have such a grip on this word that they're not moved by what they see. They're not moved on their five senses. They're not moved on their finances. They're moved by the word of God. Some people think I got to have this much money in the bank to make it. But see, if you got king of kings and you got lord of lords, you ain't based in your bank account on what you have. You based in your bank account on what heaven has. Because he said, I have already blessed you with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That way, when my bank account look empty, I ain't getting sick. You know why? Because I'm basing it upon the word of God. Because I have a grip on the word and I'm doing what the word of God tell me to do. Look at your neighbor. Say, get a grip. grip. Say, get a grip grip. On on the word. Say, the word is the only thing. That will keep you. Get a grip. Hold on. Grasp the word. Come on, we got to get a grip. So we see we read it. Well, we hear it first. Then we begin to read it for ourselves. Y'all, even with me giving you what I'm giving you, read it for yourself. Read it for yourself. Don't look for somebody that God has put over you to hear it for you read it for you, study it for you, and you're not going back in there for yourself. You need to go back in there for yourself because man can fail. Some men, some men and women don't fail intentionally, but sometimes they might miss something that you may catch. And that's why we need to talk about it. We don't need to go out there and put our hands on God's people and try to make them look like they don't know because they didn't put a dial in that verse. Or just because they broke it down with another Bible, we don't look at them like, oh, you you messed up. That ain't what the word of God is saying. Because that's where some people are. Some people are so religious that they miss illumination. They miss revelation because they're basing it upon tradition. And the tradition of men make the word of God none effect. So we read, we hear the word, we read the word, we study the word. And as you study in the word, you study in the different cultures. This is why Jesus said this, because this is the culture they were in at that time. This is why Paul said what he said with the Roman soldiers is because Paul was in prison and God used the Roman soldiers to bring about a sermon for us to bring about some revelation spiritually for us. So when you know why they say what they say, you can get a grip. Come on, y'all. With the word of God, Amen. you can get that grip and know what the word of God is saying to you. So when you stand in front of people, guess what? You don't have to be ashamed of God's word. Right. When that when he was telling Timothy to study to show thyself or prove unto God, it said God. It didn't say man. Amen. Y'all better hear what I'm saying. We use that verse to try to say, I got to prove myself to Miracle Temple. No, I don't. I studied to show myself approved unto God. So when God come, he know where I was in him. So we take that out of content because we want man to see what we can do. But see, I'm here to please God and not you. So when I stand before God and he questioned me, guess what? I studied to show myself approved before God, a workman for him that need not to be ashamed because I rightfully divided the word of truth. So we got to know why these verses are in the Bible. That takes study. Some people say. I done been through high school. I done been through elementary. I done been through middle school. Done been through high school. Done been through college. I ain't got time for all this. But we have time to study when we want our license. We have time to study when the job require you to, or you fired. You have time to study when it's dealing with your moolah. Uh Uh-oh, I'm digging up some ground. You have time to study for all of that. But do we take the time to study the Word of God and know what the Word is saying? Everything else is going to fail except this Word. So we got to have time in this Word to study it. To know what's exactly being said. You cannot take one verse and run with it. You got to know where that verse come from. You got to know why that verse was used. So that's why you got to study it. So you can give the right answer. If somebody asks me something, I'm not going to try to give you something I don't know and where I have not been. Because if I hadn't studied in on that area, I'm going to say, let me get back with you. Let me get back with you. Then I'm going to go study it up. See, the problem with these... these. uh five-fold ministries or ministers, they don't want people to think they don't know. Say you don't know. I haven't been in that area that you're talking about, but guess what? I will go and see what God has to say. And when God give it to me, I'll give it to you. But if God ain't saying nothing to me, I ain't saying nothing to you because I'm not going to have a spirit of error running in the church because I want to be proud. You got people that want to exalt themselves. Above God and then they put error through the church so they can look good and people are falling away because they're grabbing hold to what somebody said to be true because they didn't go read it for themselves. That's right. That's right. you got to know for yourself you got to hear what God is saying to you for yourself you got to hear it, you got to read it, you got to study it. then here's the memorizing it. memorizing a scripture, when you're looking at that scripture, you begin to memorize what book that scripture come out of. You begin to take index cards and write it out. Y'all know how you do in school when you want to memorize, but that ain't good enough, see? Because, see, that's for your mind. Have y'all ever um, asked the Holy Spirit? You may have laid down some keys and you forgot where you laid the keys and you like, Holy Spirit, where's them keys? And all of a sudden, you start seeing pictures of places you used to be that's memorizing. And then all of a sudden, you say, there it is. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Before you even go where it's at, you know he doesn't reveal. That's memorizing. So, see, the Holy Spirit will help you to memorize, y'all, right? He'll help you to do that. So, we need to have, be able to memorize things. So we'll know where they are. I'll say your home. When you go in your home and you put stuff down, except the attic, I don't know about y'all. I wouldn't know what was in that attic if the Holy Spirit didn't pinpoint it. I would have to go up there and search it out. See, that's doing some studying in the attic. Because you would tell people, take everything out that attic and sell it. And then you sitting there one day and all of a sudden, let me go in the attic. I believe it's up there and you done sold it. Because things that you put, away and they stay away for a long time, you don't have no memory of it. I'm going to say this. It's with people too. When you have people close to you on a daily day, day basis and they are right there and you spending time with one another, let them move away and each day becomes different. You have to really think about that person to think about them anymore. It's the truth. But the more a person is around you, you get to know all about them. The more time you spend with them, somebody can say something about them. That ain't right. That's not true. Because you know that person. But when that person get away from you and you don't talk to that person, you don't spend time with that person, it's just like, oh, well. But when you have close friends, I don't care how far they get, you keep them in your heart. So the next thing is meditating. Let me tell y'all something about meditating. This is how everything come together with meditating. Meditating is mulling it over. It's repeating it over and over again. You pondering on that thing. You keep pondering and pondering and pondering. This is why God told Joshua. He had to remind Joshua. Joshua followed Moses. He was a helper of Moses. He was really the one that was going to take Moses' place. But God had to remind Joshua. Now, Joshua, Moses dead. Because you know what we do? When you get in a position that's on your job or any position that you take, you try to mimic what somebody else done. You try to depend on the person that was in that position, but they're not here no more. You know, I, I talk about my granddaddy a lot because... You know, I was around him and I saw some of the things that he did spiritually and I talk about it because it's where I am now. So I held them close to my heart, but back then I didn't because I didn't know the importance of what God was allowing me to see. Some things I didn't see that somebody else could have seen that God is saying this is going to help you later on in your life. So some things that I share with you is coming back to my remembrance of what God done through him. And I'm saying, wow, God, you're the same God. So he was telling him, but I had to realize granddaddy is dead because when I got in my situation, y'all, I was calling on a dead mother. I was calling on a dead grandfather because, see, I saw, I heard what happened through my mom, through my dad, and it was so miraculous. I'm like, well, dad, God, you used them like that. Send them in this room. I wasn't scared of the dead then. Send them in this room. Let them touch my head so my mind can come back. But my mind wasn't gone for me to ask him that, duh. See how the enemy trick you? He make you think that everything ain't like it's supposed to be. But you can come back. If you choose to, the word will bring life to your mind. It will bring what you need. That's why I had to stay into it so much. But I was telling him, send my mom, send my granddaddy, send them in the room and let them touch me. They touched everybody else. Please let them touch me today. I don't want to feel this way. This feeling that I have, nobody understands. I can't explain the feeling that I had. But God is saying they're dead. And this is what he said. He said, Joshua, I want you to lead these people. I have chosen you to lead these people, but Joshua, you cannot do it without the book of law. He said the same book that Moses used is the book that I want you to use. And he began to tell Joshua, and I love this so much. He said, this book of law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, and thou may observe to do according to all that's written therein. Then thou shalt make thy way prosperous and shall have Good success. See, he was telling him, when you meditate on this word, that means that he had to meditate day and night. You had to take that scripture and you had to put it before you going it over in your head day and night. Have you ever took a scripture? I know when I'm walking the dog I'll get out there and I'll take that scripture and I'll just let it roll over and roll over and roll over and I'll be pondering that scripture and I'll be talking it out loud and I'll be saying okay God, okay God I got that but God what is you saying about this and I keep rolling it over, rolling it over and guess what happened? When I think I'm ready to swallow it, I bring it back up and say wait a minute, wait a minute, you want to add something to it. So I'm chewing on it some more. You know how a cow chew on a cud? They say it kept chewing and if you watched a cow chew, you would just go up there and open his mouth and say open your mouth! Because they chew it and they chew it and my husband is just like that cow. (laughs) You go eat with my husband? He got a good digestive system, y'all. We go eat with my husband? I said, Lord, you're teaching me some patience.
1: (laughs) And you think he read to
0: swallow. No, he ain't. I politely sometimes get up from the table, say, I'm going to go outside when you finish. <laughs> you can come out. Because I'm like, now nah, y'all don't eat fast, fast. You another one of Angus Newton. Kathy eat her food like she had a banquet with Jesus. And then she have the audacity to ask me one day I was eating with Kathy. I'm like, now, we done been here for a good little minute. She said, possum, why are you finished? So? And I'm like saying to myself, because you eating too slow. She just ate and ate. If them two were together, <laughs> eating somewhere, y'all, Jesus would have been come. So this is, this is what it takes for meditation in the Word. It takes time to sit there. Sometimes I can sit and my husband is my witness, and people say, That don't make no sense. Yes, it does. I'll sit in my recliner sometime for four or five hours on one verse and ain't moved. Before I even teach you, I got to get something for myself. I ain't in this word trying to pull nothing out for you. I got to pull something out for me first. I told my husband, I say, I got to be with God before I give you anything. So it'll take me a while, y'all, sitting there. This is why they got deacons in the church in the book of Acts because they said, let's get deacons. Let's get the ones that can wait on these widows because we need to stay in prayer and in the word. That's how it's supposed to be. Because when I sit in the word, y'all, I'm just there. It don't bother me because I know God got something he want to say to me first. I say, God, speak to me first. Because if you're speaking to me on this verse first, when I go deliver this verse, I got some assurance and I got some confidence that I did get it from God and it didn't come from me. So when you meditating on that word, you don't just, some people grab a lot of scriptures because it match. Here was a person that would give you 15, 20 scriptures at one time. And I'll be sitting there saying, okay, what's behind it?" I understand they're adding up together. But what did you get out of that? Because I just got a lot of scriptures. Where are you going? Because I could have pulled that out. See, a good teacher will give you one scripture. And that one scripture, is going to wheel in the rest. Because you're red. Mm. Y'all is so good. So see, you don't have to get so many scriptures to say you're a scholar. You get One. And you break one down and get some illumination and light on that one, you can spend eight hours on that one scripture. Because God got meaning in that one scripture. You don't have to go get a whole tailgate full. You just take that one and say, God, I want to stay here with this one. And when you get that one in you, all of a sudden the light come on. And then here come Joshua added it to, to Mark and Luke. Here come Luke adding to Acts. Oh, all the, oh, thank you, Holy Ghost. All oh, y'all in the room now. I didn't even ask for Elijah and Elisha, but God, you don't put them up in here with that one verse. That's how it works. I have some company doing today. Come on in, take a seat. And it's so good, y'all. I don't know how nobody can miss this. Yes, I do you don't miss where you ain't, have not been That's true. when you get used to not being in here you feel like you don't have to be in here I miss one day and I feel like I'm starved because <laughs> when me and my husband go somewhere y'all and I don't do it for show but I do it because the word tells me to do it I'll be over there speaking in tongues, or I'll be over there with something on my ear Hearing the word, I don't neglect the man, because if he say something, I turn it off. I slow down them tongues. I say it, so I don't light up the car with tongues, do it, honey. I'm in a silent mode. But I want to hear God. I want to hear what God is saying. I don't want to miss him. Am I scared I'm going to miss him? No, I'm not. But I want to take what I have read, and I want to put it to action. So when you meditate on this word... And you're truly meditating on this word. Meditating it gets it in your heart. Memorizing keeps it in your head. I remember somebody had said one time, when we take tests in Clem, somebody was saying, don't say nothing to me before my test. <laughs> I got to put it out on paper. <laughs> and that's when any test, because when you're ready to take a test, it like, y'all, it'll leave you. It will leave you, so you have to sit there and wait. And you'll be like, Holy Spirit, now you my helper. And I know you my helper. I need some help. And you have to sit there, because when you got 15 minutes in Clem to take a test, you better come right early. Now, if we're taking the test, y'all come at 6.30 if it's going to take you 15 minutes for help. Then the other 15 minutes, you'll be ready. But this is what we have to do. When you meditate on the word, you're getting it in your heart. When you get it in your heart, it's rooted. And guess what? When it's in your heart, remember I told you about the belt? Now you can well the sword of the spirit. It becomes rhema to you then because it has become life. And you can take it out whenever you need it because it's in your heart and that's how you live according to this word. So you meditate on the word. This is what he told Joshua. He said, Joshua, this is the only way you're going to make it this is the only way y'all don't get it some of y'all trying to have success and you're not in the word you're not gonna have it even though the word promise it to you even though it's yours you got to go get it just like a dog if I threw my dog a bone and he sat there and he he didn't go get that bone was we'll starve. because the bone is sitting right there it's up to you to go get that bone and if you want to sit there and die and you on my watch And I, and you know, we so nice. We got here. Take the bone. Oh, thank you, Holy Ghost. I got to remind this man over here. You know how men say they don't love dogs. Don't want dogs on them. Get off me. Leave me alone. That's how my husband played them cards with Joe. One time, Joe wasn't feeling good, and he know his routine because he know Joe'll bark him down when he come in that house. He'd be mad at this man because that's where he get all his whoopings from. That man right there. So soon as he come in the house, rum, 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 rum. shut up, Joe, sit down. So one day he come in the house, Joe wouldn't move. He went around the corner, he said, Joe, Joe, <laughs> I say, you love Joe. <laughs> he tried to play off like he don't love Joe. It's in his heart. He's in his heart. See how your heart change? I'm using this. Your heart will change. You may act like you one way, but when things come up, you see people's hearts. You see where they really are, y'all. So this word has to be in your heart, y'all, not in your head. This is why you have to get a grip because it got to go from memorizing in your head to your heart. You renew your mind. So you won't be conformed to this world. But until it get in your heart, you're still going to go back to the pattern of the world because you ain't been meditating on this word. It takes meditation on the word of God. And when you really start meditating on the word and you start having good success, I'm going to leave this last scripture. Y'all know this one so well. In Psalms 1. I love this one. Psalms 1 says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor seat in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law do he meditate day and night. Y'all get it? Guess what happened when you meditate day and night? But you go by that first verse. You're not walking in the counsel of the ungodly. you in the law of God day and night, and he shall be like a tree planted by the river's, Of water that bring forth fruit in his season, his leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he do shall prosper. Y'all, you plan it. Meditation helps you stay planted. That no matter what comes your way, you're not uprooted. Anyone that's in a good church that's giving you the word, and you know you're getting the word, and that says, God says, my time is up, you will never plan it. Because whatever God plant, nobody should be able to uproot it. That's right. Amen. When God plants you in a place, nobody should easily come in a place and say, Follow me, and you gone. That's right. When you're planted in the good book and you're standing on truth, nobody should easily move you off of what you believe because of their them being negative. That's why Jesus had to put people out the room. When they said the little girl was dead. Jesus only bought in the room who he knew need to be in that room. Because he said, ah, I'm not bringing nothing in here. That ain't rooted and planted. Because you may sway, but you ain't going to move. Because you know what the word of God says. He said, whosoever hear these sayings of mine. When the storm comes, When the wind is blowing. Because you build your house upon a rock, which is the word of God, your house will not be like sinking sand. But whoever don't hear these sayings of mine, you build building your house on sinking sand. Because every time a storm comes, you go with the storm. It's time, God said, to get a grip. He said you got to get a grip on this word like you have never had a grip on it before y'all we are in evil times we got false teaching, we got false doctrine in churches that you're in and if you're not hearing the word, reading the word, studying the word, memorizing the word, meditating on the word, even the elect will be fooled. Just because people are apologizing now you got to know what's behind their apology. You got to know who's speaking out that apology. They got people coming into churches that saying I'm saved, but lifestyle is the same. Saying Jesus changed my life, but you're going back into rapping. You're going back into all this crazy stuff. But if Jesus changed you, all that stuff got to go. You cannot be double minded. You cannot have two minds. Either you're going to have the mind of Christ or you're going to have the mind of Satan. Which one are you going to have? You cannot be double-minded. A double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. You cannot tell me that you're serving God and you're out there partying, you're out there drinking, you're out there socializing with the world. The Bible said, blessed is the man that seated not in the counsel of the ungodly. And if you're reading your Bible, you don't do that no more. You don't go along with that. Not even in your own home. You don't do it even in your home. If the husband is out of order and tell you, baby, let's go get our groove on. No. My groove is right here with Jesus. Now, if that's what you choose to do, that's you. But that ain't me no more, baby. Why well, I'm, I'm the priest in this home. Not living like that, you ain't. That's right. I don't fall prey for that. See, we don't have double standards. And don't say, you got to win over your husband by doing like they say. The Bible said, win over your husband by the word. Don't let no man or woman fool you and make you think, now you know we got to go over there because they're going to think we're better. If I go, they're going to still think I'm better. So I choose to stay. I remember it was a point in me, my husband's life, it was something that was going on years ago. My husband said, you want to go? I said, no, I don't want to go. He said, well, I'm just going to go make a little appearance. I said, you go right on. Let's count down. Ten minutes later, (laughs) he's back. (laughs) And I was counseling a person that was at the scene. And when they was at, my husband walked in and walked back out. (laughs) Walked in, (laughs) didn't you, honey? Walked back out. So I was counseling the gentleman that was on the scene, and the gentleman stopped. They said, "Can I say something to you?" I said, "Sure." They said. You ain't like people say you are. I said, excuse me? Because you stand, regardless of what people say. One thing I can say about you, if you say you ain't going to do it, you ain't going to do it. And I honor you for that. And they said, and that husband of yours, I even dropped what I had in my cup when he come in the room. Mess up new carpet, and he left. (laughs) And it wasn't no party party. Nothing like that, because he wasn't going to show up for that. But can I tell y'all something? I don't care who it is. If the Spirit of the Lord tell me not to go, the Bible tells you, you're going to be hated. Father and son are going to hate one another. Mother and daughter. Mother-in-law, daughter-in-law. Children going to hate parents. And it's because of this word because of truth. If y'all are trying to keep family together by joining in what family is doing wrong, you're wrong. That's not how you keep family together. If you're going to show up, show up with some good news. Show up because God told you to show up. And he's telling you, give them what they really need today. If they kick you out, you did what God told you to do. But don't just show up and join in just to say, I love you. Love don't send nobody to hell. It's the truth. Because you don't know when is the day nor the hour that person can leave leave you. And you had the opportunity to give them life. And you refuse to give them life because you want to be important to your family. You wanted your family to love you. When you get in a place with God, your family ain't going to love you with the love of God. They're going to hate you. They're going to hate to see you coming. How do I know? When my granddaddy showed up on the scene, people just didn't like it. Because granddaddy stood for what was right. When you stand for what's right, you'll be walking alone. Because people that say they love you, they don't love you and don't even like you no more. And I'm going to tell you something. You're going to be persecuted when you have a grip on this. And if you ain't got no full grip, you may get in every now and then. Get a grip. And I'm going to give you an illustration. I'm going to use you again, Mitch. You stand right there. Uh, honey, we got a rope or something we can pull. Tie me some stuff together. Roy ain't here. Okay. Huh? The who? Can we have those sheets? Men, can y'all help them tie them together, please? James, can you get on that side? Manny, oh, you got your baby. Can you pass your? Get on that side with James. Look how quick they tied that together. See? Mr uh Garrett Stephen. Can you get on that side too? I wish I had a rope. Mitch looking. You looking, ain't you? Aren't you? Okay, Mitch, you can just leave that one off. You don't have to tie another one. Just give them that end of it, and you take one in. Mitch is over there on that side by himself. Don't, don't talk to them. <laughs> now, this is what I'm saying about get a grip. Over here on this side, over here, is all the things. That are coming against Mitch. And only God and Mitch know. But it's three things lined up. Y'all pull. (laughs) It's okay. What I want to prove is. If he got a grip. He going to stand. He ain't going to let go on. What he believe. Versus on what he see. When you got a grip. You hold on. Because guess what. It's not by might nor by power, but God said, it's by my spirit. I'm holding you up. Cause see that looked like Goliath over there. But David said, Goliath is uncircumcised. He said, I'm in covenant with my God. And he said, I'm not worrying about Goliath. Cause I know if he delivered me. From the paw of the lion, from the paw of the bear, he's already delivered me from this uncircumcised Philistine. So when you got a grip on that word, everything, what you heard, what you read, what you studied, what you memorized, and what's in your heart is going to stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Come on, look at your neighbor, say, get a grip. Come on and give God glory. It's time for change. Not saying you changed, but it's time for change right now. Death don't have an age. This is why God wants us to be ready at all times. Some people don't make it to 50. Some people don't make it to 20. Some people don't make it to 12. Some people don't even make it out the womb. But we know where they're going. But the ones that get up to an age of accountability, because the Bible tells me that when Ezra began to read, those that came to hear was those that could understand. A little baby can't understand right now. But by them being in the midst later on, saying it is time for us church to quit thinking about me myself and I we got a whole world of people that's out there that think that they have Jesus and don't we got people that are in error that think they can come in God's house and live like the world and say it's okay it is time for us to get the world out of the church it is time for us to come together and go out and preach this good news. We're preaching only what we heard and believe. And we're giving them what's already been made available. Forget about your friends. Forget about if people going to still talk to me. You got people out there that if they die today, I'm tired of people at funerals saying they're going to be with Jesus and you know their lifestyle. Tell them, putting them in heaven until we meet again. I'm in my mind say, oh, you don't want to go to hell. People tell me, well, you can't judge that way. The life you live on this earth, it done spoke for you because wherever you at when you close your eyes is where people say you, got, you done judge for yourself. It is time now, y'all, to quit playing around. Either you're going to be hot or cold you cannot be lukewarm I am tired of people flashing a grace card and telling you it is because of, if you know it's because of its grace why are you still living a raunchy life if grace saves you live like grace have saved you don't even think it to make it no more don't hide come on where are you hiding God knows he see what you're doing you can't hide stuff because God already knows. And I'm going to tell you something. Whatever you hear in my Bible say it's going to be. It's going to pop up one way or another. God has a way of doing things. And we as Christians, how are you going to draw somebody and your life ain't right? How can you tell somebody I'm saved and you're living out the box? You live in any kind of way. You got to line up your life with this word and it ain't hard. You got to do what this word say do and quit making excuses. Quit making excuses. If you in it, live like you in it. And if you fall, you can get back up. You don't have to be ashamed because God paid the price for you. For past, present and future sins. But quit telling people to do something you know you ain't doing yourself. If we're going to live it, let's live it. If we're going to talk about it, let's live about it. Because I don't want to talk about nothing to y'all that I'm not doing myself. Because every day I got to go before my father and say, search me. Because sometimes we don't want to see ourselves, because it's ugly. We don't want to see ourselves. See, when I look in the mirror, that ain't the real me. I may put on makeup and put on all of this, but that's not me. This is my mirror right here. And then I can look in the mirror without makeup and say, that ain't who I am. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. This is who I am. Now, to go out, I got to put on a little something. (laughs) But this is who you are in this word. So we want to make sure that we honor this above everything. And quit making excuses. I keep hearing this. People do mess up. But if they keep on messing up, we want to sit them down and say, where's your heart? Where is really your heart now? Quit telling people, yeah, you messed up. It's okay. No, it's not okay no more. Let's see where your heart is right now. Because you're leading somebody else's grave. You got a churches that is allowing people to come into church. They stand up. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And the only thing they want is the money. And they know these people are not right. And they won't pull these people aside and say, God loves you. And God made a way for you, for you not to still live the way that you live in. This is what God's love did. Once you tell them, you told them, but you don't make them a part of what you're doing. Just because they play the drums, play the keyboard, and got a beautiful voice, ain't no anointment behind that. See, we try to keep people based on what they can do. You don't do that. We want to be on one accord with what God is doing. Only God can change hearts. You can't do it. So you need to give them the good news. So change can come, y'all. Let's get a grip together. Every day, let's hold this word tighter than we hold in our husbands, our wives, our children, our jobs. What have you gripped tighter than this word? Check yourself. What are you holding on to tighter than this word? We need to let it go. And today, I'm asking those that have not opened your heart to Jesus. That are still thinking that the world has more to give you than what he's already given. It is now your time of salvation. Jesus have already made the way for you to be saved. The Bible says, for by grace are you saved. Through faith. And not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Meaning there's nothing that you have to work for. You can come just as you are. He said, whosoever call on the Lord shall be saved. And it's time now that you call on him because you know you need him. Because you know that what the world has to offer you, it's not helping you. All the money in the world, it may make you happy. But it can't give you the joy that God can give you. Money cannot heal people, money cannot deliver people, money cannot set people free, but I'm telling you something, Jesus did it all. Jesus paid the price, y'all, for your past, your present, your future sins. Jesus laid down his life even when we were not worth dying for. But he said, because I love you so much, I gave my very best, my only begotten son, so you could live. So you wouldn't have to perish, but have everlasting life. And the only thing you got to do is believe on me, because that's the only way you're going to get to the Father is through me. Not through Buddha, not through Muhammad, not through coming to church, not through giving your tithes. Your good works are not going to get you to God. The only way you can get to the Father is through Jesus Christ, because he was the perfect sacrifice. There's no other sacrifice in this world that can get you to heaven, but through Jesus. You, He said, come as you are. Come as you are. He said, I got to clean you up. You can't clean yourself up. If you're waiting to give up this and give up that, just go ahead and say, take me now. Because guess what? The only way you can be perfect is in your spirit. And that spirit becomes perfect when you accept Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior. Knowing that he's the only one that can make you righteous. He's the only one that can justify you. He's the only one that can set you apart, sanctify you. He's the only one that can reconcile you. He's the only one that can redeem you. Nobody can do all this but him. So is there one in this room that you know that he's been knocking on the door of your heart. He said, won't you come today? Won't you come? He said, I've been waiting on you. He said, quit making excuses when this get better in my home or when that get better or when I can stop doing this. He said, quit making the excuse. He said, my son has made a way for everything for you. The only thing you got to do is accept the way that he has made. He said, I'm the door unto the father. Is there one? Praise God. (music) God, we thank you. We thank you that everybody that's in this house on today, that they know you as their Lord and as their Savior. We thank you, Father God, that as they do know you, God, they will begin to experience you through hearing your word, through reading your word, through studying and memorizing and meditating on your word so they can get a grip, Father God, on who they are now that they're in you. God, we thank you, though they don't come. God, I thank you, God, that you continually knock on the door of their hearts and put people in their paths to encourage them in the things of God. God, we thank you and we praise you, God, for the message that you have sent today. And we thank you that hearts are open and receptive to receive it right now in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Can we have the, um, do we have any visitors today that would like to stand?